There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome back to the Eternity Archives. You've probably heard by now because we haven't shut up about it in weeks, but we are now an award-winning podcast. That's right. We came back from the New Jersey Webfest with the award for Best Premise of an Actual Play Podcast. We are beyond thrilled, and it's a real honor. And the Webfest was also just a really great experience for us. We were able to connect with a lot of other cool people, and I hope we'll have the opportunity to do that all again very soon. Did you hear that? We're a better podcast than Crit Roll. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) And that's the exact kind of energy we want to bring to all of our uh, Webfest experiences (laughs) moving forward. Fuck you, we got an award. Absolutely. I am Dorka. My pronouns are she, her. I play Zen, the lizard woman turned enduring crusader. But before we talk about ourselves too much, I'd also like to introduce our guest GM, who also has an award-winning podcast. So tell us about that, Kat. Hi, my name is Kat. I am using they and she pronouns interchangeably. I am the host king of the podcast, Sword of Symphonies, which won Best AP Not Playing D&D at the Webfest. Also Best Ensemble Cast, because my players are beautiful. Smooches. <laughs> we wish we could be as beautiful as Cat's players. <laughs> yeah. I think you're all wonderful. And as I said on Twitter, I'm going to marry the whole cast. Aww. I'm fine with that. Yeah. We'll, we'll just be just be one big multi-podcast family. Beautiful. In this arc, I'm the guest host king. And we love you. Because we're married, and that's what married podcasts should do. (laughs) Should, for sure, unless they're boomer podcasts. Oh, no. (laughs) Let's introduce your other spouses. (laughs) Hi, um, I'm Ziva. My pronouns are she, her, and I play Linda, the adorable human office lady turned title navigator. And yeah, I'm really excited about our our new giant uh, blended podcast family, by which I mean, take my podcast wife, please. Um, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just, the, this whole bit's killing me. Sorry. Uh, hi, my name is Baffy. My pronouns are they, them. I play Real Day Drakel, who is usually a little tiefling dork baby. Uh, and in this arc, they are a little human dork baby that is a beckoning infiltrator. Before we get into the question and into the episode, we recently launched our Kofi support program, and we just wanted to give a shout out to all of our supporters. So actually, first on the list, we have Kat. Yay. Thank you, Kat. Yeah, she gives us uh, spouse money. Spousal support. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, we want to thank our new friend, Jace, and also Martha, who's been supporting us from the very start. So thank you all so much. And we really hope we, uh, you know, continue to have your support and hopefully don't lose it. And we hope you enjoy the extra special supporter goodies that we're putting out for you. Yeah, just for you all. We do put out. Yeah. Listen, listener, listen, (laughs) listen. 
So Ziva and Dorka and my own Kathleen went to the New Jersey Web Fest. They had a wonderful time. They probably drank champagne and went to fancy dinners. And meanwhile, Bappy and I were stuck without adult supervision. <laughs> yes, this is true. Wreak havoc on the Twitter. <laughs> we learned at the Webfest that every podcast has a podcast adult, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that all of the adults were in one place. Yes, yeah, all as the it adults turns out. were at the adult at the adult event. <laughs> Sometimes I'm the adult. You guys just don't see it because it's all very behind the scenes. <laughs> oh yeah, because like I put out a manual and you made those stickers. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Bappy actually does so. Yeah, much. Bappy Aww, does a lot of that's stuff. That's not true, but thank you. <laughs> the stickers are gorgeous. If you join our Kofi um, starting in October, you'll get to see some of the really cool stuff Bappy has done. Um, because one of the things that we're doing is publishing our um, our game notes to our supporters. Y'all, the like amount of work that Dorka and Bappy put into their their notes for our supporters is is awesome. Um, I'm just awed by it and um, slightly jealous because I am not as organized a GM. So anyway, that was my that was my little side plug. So Bappy does do cool stuff, and you can see more of that cool stuff if you want to support us. Oh, yeah, thanks. Uh, support us so we can support our spouses, which is each other and cat. <laughs> Listener, you won't regret supporting the Eternity Archives. I haven't regretted it once. Aww. Would I lie to you? Aww. That's true. Cat only tells truths. She does, however, have a twin that only tells lies, so you gotta watch out for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. This has been very chaotic, but I think Cat has a question for us now. I do have a question for you all. I do have a question for you all. My question for you is thus What is your favorite self care thing to do when you get overwhelmed? So for me, sometimes I just have to like get out of the house and back into nature. I have to go back to the woods from whence I came and just like run around outside for a bit. There's this cool park near me that has like this wetlands area with this like bridge you can walk across like over the water and like this cool tower you can go up in and like look over the wetlands and they're always like really cool birds and ducks and frogs and turtles i can't take my dogs onto the the wetland part so this is just what i do when i like just really need to be alone in nature with no dogs and no one else and yeah it's just really nice to be surrounded by nothing but like frog and duck noises. Are you a fey child? <laughs> um, unclear. <laughs> that sounds really nice. I love it a good duck nice. noise. So when I get really overwhelmed and I kind of need a minute, one of my favorite things to do, especially if I have like a little bit of time or I need to carve out a little bit of time, is I like to take stupidly indulgent bubble baths. Love it. I like to get out my like bath salts and fancy scented bubble bars and bath bombs and uh, have a glass of wine or a cup of tea and just like read a book and yeah yeah, just kind of like luxuriate Mm -hmm. put on some battery candles so I don't burn the house down but I get the vibes (laughs) it's just the best like it's good for your body and it's good for your mind it's just like a really nice way to like give yourself some space and time to just kind of like be and just kind of enjoy nice smells and warm water and a book and your drink or whatever you know whatever makes you happy so so I really like it. I also, uh, it gives me time to not multitask, which is the thing I'm very bad at. Hey, mu- multitasking is hard. Yeah, it's hard. And yet I want to do it all the time. And so. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, same. Like, I <laughs> have to be low-key multitasking at all times because yeah. it's like otherwise the main thing I'm focusing on, I will stop focusing on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't take my, my phone or my computer or my TV into the bath. And so so I get a break. It's very nice. Yeah. That sounds super nice. It sounds mm. amazing. Follow-up question. Yes. Favorite smell. Favorite smell. Probably clove or maybe bergamot. Bergamot. Bergamot's good. Yeah. I like both of them. Maybe together. Okay, that's my final answer, clove and bergamot. All right, so it was what do we like to do when we're overwhelmed? A self-care yeah. thing we like to do. Okay, I promised Kat I wouldn't. You promised. I did. I promised I wouldn't do like a self-deprecating answer. And um, I, I do have a real answer. I like to listen to the Minecraft <laughs> soundtrack when I'm just like super stressed out. Like there are tracks on YouTube where you have the Minecraft soundtrack I can't remember which album is, but it's like the first one that has the pictures of the bushes or trees on it um, with like Sweden and all that, all those soundtracks on it. But there are people who will put the album on YouTube and then like put like rain noises over it or like, was it like fire crackling noises? There's like a bunch of them. Yeah, I just like to put that on, pump it up. And I just like to listen to Minecraft music. It just makes my soul feel good. It sounds nice. The Minecraft yeah, soundtrack so. is so soothing. That's such a good answer. Yeah, it's it's a it's a great. Yeah. It's like when I first played Minecraft like years ago, like when I was still in alpha and one of the songs started playing, I'm like, holy shit, this is like kind of a bop. Like, and it's just, it, <laughs> it is, it's just very, very good music. Well, Kat, what is your answer? Yeah. I'm a, also a big sucker for spa night. I have a box of sheet masks. I have a boatload of scented candles. My favorite scent is rose. I'm a sucker for rose scented anything. Mm, oh, nice. Good scent. Good so scent. sometimes I'll just like do a facial and put on a face mask and sit at my desk and do calligraphy practice and deliberately not do anything else. Good. And it's nice. That sounds that nice. nice. This this reminds me that I promised to send Ziva my bath bomb. Oh recipes. yeah, I need to Please do, do that. that. Yeah, hey guys, hit us up if you want uh, Eternity Archives bath bombs as Kofi rewards. <gasps> Let's make Eternity Archives bath bombs. <laughs> I uh, I I'm gonna look into this actually. Okay. Yeah, this is this is our next project. Great. Okay. That would be nice. Okay. Previously on the Eternity Archives. Our good friends met a robot. It was not a friendly robot like Wally. It tried to murder them, so they murdered it back. They fought off the automaton and managed to deactivate it using some very good, very cool spells and magic, which I loved very much. And then the party went into the ruins of Old Bright Hill, where they encountered a gallery, a display of objects from all kinds of places and times. No two exactly like in that gallery, they encountered a creature, well, they encountered a noble demon called the Baron of the Gallery, holding a pulse rifle from Lancer. We're going to get murdered by a demon with a pulse rifle. Demons don't need gun. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if you don't piss him off, he won't shoot you. <laughs> I do love this. <laughs> the next thing the Baron is going to do is the Baron is going to watch you. Fascinated. The Baron is going to take a moment to observe the party. It is three to stop this. If you let the Baron just watch you, no one will be able to roll subtlety until the end of the player's next turn. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm okay with that. My subtlety failed me. <laughs> okay. 
The next thing the Baron does, and the Baron gets three attacks per round. Well, attacks, quote unquote. Maybe attacks. Who knows? Oh, no. <laughs> He's going to shoot us. <laughs> As the Baron is going to look at Linda and is going to say, well, you know, I haven't had a good debate in ages. Convince me. The demon is using infernal logic. In order to advance redirect this round, they must roll adaptability. Hmm. Well, fuck. Or you can spend three to prevent this. Uh, I think it's fine to let it be adaptability this round, right? I don't have great adaptability, but I think I'm just going to have to adapt and, <laughs> and do something different. <laughs> okay. All right. So that's the Baron's turn. Um, no one can roll subtlety, and in order to advance redirect, you must make an adaptability roll of some kind. Okay. Okay. But the Baron is interested. The Baron just wants to be convinced. He seems to want to play. Okay. I would like to start off by adding to the pool, if it's okay. Of course. I would like to do a spell, and I am calling it Shining Wind. I love that. So what I want to do is I want to have like like a glimmering shining wind come out and like swirl around the sword to give it an extra aura <laughs> of light. Big magical energy. So he looks at it and, and he's like, that shit, that shit's wild. This must be like the most magic sword. I must have it. Okay. So one for one scatter. How much do you want to spend and how much do you want to add to the pool? Okay. I wanted to use my anchor note again. So I'm just yeah. using that to keep. So yeah, I'm going to play him a little song about how magic the sword is. Like the ballad of this fucking cool sword. Okay, well that actually rules and I love it. <laughs> Linda isn't going to say the word fucking, but she's probably going to say the ballad of this super cool sword. <laughs> and so we have how much scatter in the pool right now? Or how much? Four successes. Four successes. Okay. Then I want to spend three scatter total. Okay. To add three to the pool. Four to the pool because of anchor notes. Yes. Yeah. Brings us to eight. Okay. Okie doke. I love the ballad of this cool sword. For the ballad of this cool sword, go listen to our last arc. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What are Rill's thoughts? What are Zen's thoughts? Okay. If I'm almost filled on scatter, do I have to use at least one of my own scattered to use a spell, or can I just pull it all from the advantage pool? I don't have rules about that yet. (laughs) So I will let you pull it from the advantage pool. Sick. Okay, (laughs) then... Thank you for letting me know I didn't have rules about that. (laughs) You know, I am actually a professional QA tester, so it's (laughs) in my toolkit. (laughs) Nice. Thank you for lending me your expertise. Yeah, no problem. First one's free. Thanks for letting us break your game. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I was thinking of using watching unique and kind of doing like what Linda did with the sword. We're just casting all kinds of stuff to make this sword look (laughs) cool as fuck. I think we're like just creating a super powerful magic weapon. (laughs) No, no, no. It's just looking very shiny. It's just like, it's gold plated. It's not real gold. Okay, like we're putting all the glitter on this. Um, So yeah, it's just, it's just a cool sword, but. uh... Yeah, it like looks cool as hell. It's like when Pokemon cards, uh, they were like reverse (laughs) hollow. They're like completely glittery. The art like takes up the entire card. That's what we're doing, but with the sword. I love foiled trading cards, man. That's my weakness. I don't even collect them. I just I just love looking at them. So I guess for this, in order to advance the redirect, so how does that work? If I'm using a spell, but I have to advance redirect with an adaptability roll. I think 
in this case, I'm going to ask you for an adaptability roll, adaptability focus. Okay, okay. So... Because you're extremely scattered right now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I, I am very scattered. So roll me adaptability focus. Okay. Can I use any of my key pieces here? Mm, what was what was Rill's key again? There's connection, guilt, kindness, and regret. The only one I can kind of think of is connection because they know what this guy wants. And so they kind of have that like understanding of this person's motives. Okay, so I rolled my four dice and I got a five, a six, and a one, and then a three, which we don't care about. <laughs> okay. I was just hoping for any success. So yeah, I'll let okay. you keep that. Yeah, cool. So you're going to be, I'm assuming, taking four out of the pool? Yeah, we have eight right now, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I will take four because I only have one little bit of space of scatter left and watch me make this sword super cool and fucking pass out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think the shadowy wisp would like reveal themselves in this moment. But it, you know, maybe there's a little bit of razzle-dazzle, even more razzle-dazzle to the sword now, as Rill kind of, like, meets the Baron's eyes, like, you know, makes sure that he's looking at their eyes, and then, like, glances over to the sword, and then the sword is just very sparkly, just just looks so nice. <laughs> looks so good. Okay, in the stress, I forgot who had to act next. I still have to act. Okay. Okay, so Zen now is going to... Zen has this really fancy-looking sword. I think Zen is going to put on a demonstration. Heck yes! This is, uh, I think... Yeah, we're gonna try and advance the track. So Zen is just kind of gonna go through some, like, sword forms and really show off the way that, like, this sword cuts through the air and, like, the light glints off of it and... Are you about to non-violently roll melee weapons? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love this. Sorry, I'm just dying because I'm just thinking of the meme video of the Jedi Knight kid. Just- <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact, a lot of sword fighting schools do teach lightsaber. Oh, my gosh. Just because it looks cool and lightsaber fighting isn't actually good real fighting. It just gets kids interested in learning how to use swords. Yeah, it's just rad. like sword dancing, yeah, it's, basically. It's just sword dancing. So, so Zen's doing some sword dancing. That's rad. What facet are you rolling? Uh, well, I have to do adaptability, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So adaptability and melee weapons. This is like that scene in Three Kingdoms. I got two successes and an edge success. <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think of a good edge success condition that isn't going to absolutely blow this entire thing up. <laughs> it's, it'll be successful if you accept that you actually cut off one of Rill's fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give the Baron an extra move. I'm going to give the Baron four moves on their turn if you keep the edge success. I'm okay with that. Okay. So we have three right now or four on the track? You guys are really beelining this. This is extremely cool. You'd also need to take one from the pool, if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So going into the Baron's turn, you have three. The first thing the Baron is going to do is continue inspecting the pulse rifle. This is the second time the Baron has done this, which means the Baron will learn how to use it unless you spend two. I think we should spend that too. How many do we have right now? Three. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, I think. I think that's probably a good idea. Okay. So I think the Baron is looking at the rifle, but is distracted by the light show, by the, the shining wind. 
So Zen's just like doing sword twists and, and twirls, and this guy is just has this rifle in his hand, and he's just like admiring it, and it's like occasionally glancing up at Zen, who's <laughs> putting on this bitch performance. All right. <laughs> so you've activated my trap card. The next thing the Baron is going to do is just plain stop listening. This is a move called Demonic Noblesse. <laughs> the Baron is above you and doesn't have to listen to you. And unless you spend three, which you haven't got, the difficulty to advance redirect goes up till six next round. Damn it. Next thing the Baron's going to do is... I guess you can't stop the Baron from doing anything they want. <laughs> this is GM abuse. The Baron vanishes... What? (laughs) The Baron seems to vanish, leaving only a glassy shimmer on the air. Till the end of your next turn, no one can roll a sensitivity. Fuck! (laughs) And finally, I think the Baron is going to continue to observe you, so you can't roll subtlety either. Oh my god. You have to roll daring adaptability or understanding, and you have to beat a six to advance redirect the fifth time. And finally convince the Baron to make this trade. It is your turn. The talking about Zen, like, dancing and trying to show this off, I know exactly what you mean, Dorka, but what I have in my head is Job dancing to the final countdown. (laughs) (laughs) And it's deeply distracting. So I'm imagining Linda, like, looting along to the final countdown. So, anyway. I love it. that's That's what's living in my head. My thing is, I want to use... Basically, I want to try to tell this guy, hey, you're going to, like, miss out on this cool sword because of this stupid gun. And I wanted to do sensitivity and uh, something with that, but I can't. So would I be able to do understanding and I guess humanity or humanity? I was going to say tinkering because that mean- meant Ro would, like, know a bit more about the gun. But since they're not directly interacting mm. with the gun, they're just trying to convince this person to like like hey like a persuasion role essentially okay and then (laughs) i guess could i use a regret my regret key piece for that it's a different kind of regret so i would understand if i can't this is what i'm hearing from you and correct me if i'm wrong but rill is leveraging their deep knowledge of the emotion of regret to convince the baron that he will regret not making this trade (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> kind of, which is why I'm actually... I'm, I'm, no, I'm on board. That wasn't an indictment. Like, I think it's good. <laughs> I'm... Okay. <laughs> no, see, it's an indictment on me, because I'm like, okay, Real doesn't regret not buying the collector's edition of, like, the classic World of Warcraft. Their regret is leaving <laughs> behind the people they love, <laughs> which is, like, different. It's a different kind of regret. So I'm just like, does that count? <laughs> yeah, but the Baron doesn't understand your kind of regrets. That's fair. Okay. Yeah. What? Okay, yeah. Would I be able to do that then? I don't see why not. Okay, so three for understanding, one for humanity, and then two for my regret. Oh, are you trying to fill the pool or uh, advance redirect? I want to fill the pool, I think. Okay. But does the Baron understand the epic highs and lows of high school football? <laughs> Dorka, you're banned. <laughs> you're you're banned you from further Riverdale references on this arc. I don't have references. I just have the one references I'm making multiple times. <laughs> so I'm going to roll my six dice. <laughs> oh, let's fucking go. I got four fives and a six. Oh my God. God. real kicks ass. <laughs> and I rolled a lone four. 
All right. So Rill, who has not been talking at all since the fight with the automaton, they finally speak up. It's kind of like very low and quiet. Honestly, it's a bad deal for you to not take. You don't even know what that is, and it's just a piece of trash, honestly. But and they glance at the sword, and they just kind of like shrug. <laughs> I think you hear from midair because you cannot see where the Baron is right now, but you hear out. I'm listening. I'm listening. Was that adding to the pool, or was that... Yes. So we're at six now, because I added five to the pool just now. Oh, seven. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. What Zen is going to do now is Zen is going to say, you know what? Never mind. I want to keep this one for myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. No, that's a good trick. (laughs) Well, I don't know. I'm not sure... I'm not sure it's a trick. I think Zen has convinced herself she wants to keep the sword. Jesus. <laughs> Are there like help actions in this? Like, could Rill just be like, I told you, you lost your chance. Like, to add to that? or I think like, that's how we're going to conceptualize the five you added to the pool. Okay, is, okay, that's yeah. fair. <laughs> so I think for that, Zen's going to do daring and impulsiveness. Can I use melee weapons for that again? I don't know. Oh, that might be a stretch. Do you have humanity? I do have humanity. Daring humanity is usually your... Daring and humanity, and I'm going to use my key of impulsiveness. I love this. Are you trying to uh, hit the six and finish redirect? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you could just pull from the pool. You don't even have to roll. (laughs) Okay. I got two successes and an edge success. Bappy's right. Like, there's seven in the pool. You don't have to keep the edge success. That's true. I could just pull from the pool. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I'll just use my two and the rest from the pool. Okay. And with that, the Baron reappears, phasing in sideways like a tilted mirror. You've convinced me, he says. Okay, well, now you've got to convince me. (laughs) (laughs) Zen, give him the sword. Zen, that's not even, that's not, uh, just give him the sword. I haven't seen anything like this. And he, he looks down at the rifle for over a century. Wasn't expecting to see one in such good condition. And I think, and he looks down the site, I think I've just about got the hang of it. Be ashamed to part with it. Zen, please give him the sword. Come on. (laughs) (sighs) This is my sword. Zen, it's, you can't even bring it back. Come on. (sighs) Okay. That? The Baron kind of interlaces his fingers beneath his chin. Back where? Oh, you know, back back to our client who who we're working for. The the client doesn't doesn't want that sword. He's already seen that sword. He he wants that uh the the thing that their their child made. <laughs> Linda at this point her scatter is uh, is not looking great, and she is ha- our cover story is all over. the Yeah, place. this cover story is a mess. But the cover story is a mess, but the sword is rad. <laughs> the sword yeah. is very rad. And you've, you've, mechanically speaking, you have convinced the Baron that your cover story is suspect, but the sword is rad. <laughs> Man, if it wasn't, if it was a different character other than Linda, I would have been like, none of our business, gimme gimme. But uh, that's not how Linda do. The Baron holds out one hand and extends the pulse rifle toward Linda with the other. All right, on, on three, go ahead and swap it, okay? Is, is that fair, uh, your honor? Your honor? He's not a judge. <laughs> I don't know what you keep <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, it's not it's not my lord, and it's not sir. I don't know what you call a baron. I'm pretty sure it's my lord. 
It doesn't matter. Just I like your honor. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so Zen, will you hand Linda the sword so she can she can do the three swap? Okay. Zen will hand Linda the sword, but she is pouting a little. Thank you, Zen. Remind me when we get back. I I owe you something. You owe me a sword. I, yes, I know. I'll, I'll work on it. And uh, so Linda's gonna do the 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 one, two, three, three, and swap it and take the rifle. And I think what happens on the Eternity Archives is once you've got the anomaly in your possession, it's time to go back to the library. Hey everyone, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just wanted to step in to remind you that if you'd like to show us your support, please leave us a review on Podchaser or Apple Podcasts. Or if you're looking for something more exciting, you can now support us with a monthly membership to our Ko-fi page. Members get access to our Discord server, behind-the-scenes looks at GM notes and character sheets, and other exclusive content. Head over to Kofi.com slash the Eternity Archives to take a look. Now, we'll be back to the show in just a minute, but before we continue, here's an ad for another show from the Be Gay Roll Dice Podcast Network. Once you've finished our episode, go ahead and give them a listen. Thanks, and enjoy the rest of the show. There are, in our world, certain places that seem to draw on the strange. Tragic news on this, the first day of school in Chillhaven, as a local teen has been found dead, under what authorities are describing as mysterious circumstances. The unusual. So sleeping is difficult, because I don't blink, so... Oh my god. The monstrous. (laughs) And then he vomits out his whole skeleton onto his desk. What? And when you were a hip young teen coming of age in one of these locations. So I'm like walking, trying to like subtly unzip my hair out of my backpack. (laughs) It doesn't matter if you are an aspiring scientific genius. What do they fluctuate, Zeke? Molecules? A burgeoning telekinetic. I think you have telekinetic powers. That's so specific for you to say right now. Um. <laughs> or a social media influencer. And she took a and she took a selfie too, and she put glass their fake glasses. <laughs> Your safety is not guaranteed. Why do I keep being made to look at things that shouldn't be? <laughs> In these dangerous times at Chillhaven High. Dangerous Times at Chillhaven High is a real play radiophonic supernatural teen drama. New episodes every Tuesday. Follow us everywhere at Chillhaven High. Do we just get beam back? <laughs> You're the ones who do this. <laughs> I don't do know. You, do you get beamed back? Is that a thing that happens? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kind of, kind of, yeah. So, well, the the anchor has to pull us back. Oh, did Magnolia walk off? Are we stuck in a milta? <laughs> yeah, in, in that case, I think what happens you get the the pulse rifle in your hands and nothing happens. <laughs> uh, Magnolia, huh? Huh? Can, uh, can you bring us back? They want to come back, baby. They want to come <laughs> back. <laughs> and then, yeah, you are you are beamed back to the library. Just took a second. Magnolia wasn't paying attention. So here's my question. We're all super scattered. So that's a, you know, a heroic chord thing. How does that feel when we get back into the library? Is it like being snapped back into your body or like what? Yeah, are are our, I guess, spirit bits returned home with us? I'm going to say that they come back with you, but they take a while to settle back into your body. Yeah, that makes sense. 
So are they like pop rocks in my brain or like what? How is <laughs> You're the ones who decide how scatter feels. <laughs> That's not my role. Probably not great, but mostly because it's, it's weird if you're not used to dissociating in the library, I imagine. Yeah. But probably it feels like, I don't know, like gently warming up, like you're coming back. And you see that there is a table set out with five chairs and delicate little tea set is set out. And Magnolia is seated in a chair with their long legs crossed, sipping tea, sitting next to Dumpy, who has a teacup in front of them as well. Aww. Is Dumpling in a dress? <laughs> they dress up Dumpling. <laughs> Will Dumpling consent to being dressed up? Because if so, yes. Yes. Okay, then yes. <laughs> Dumpy is absolutely wearing a dress. <laughs> Beautiful. Oh, you're back. Oh, Zen, you're safe. Linda yeah. Will. We, we oh. did it. We, we have this. Ooh. And something kind of sad crosses Magnolia's face, looking at the pulse rifle. Yeah, things like this don't belong in my home anymore. Thanks for taking it out. Well, you're welcome. I suppose, as far as jobs go, this wasn't this wasn't too bad one for you, right? Job not too bad? No, you all did a wonderful <laughs> job. I was paying attention the whole time, wasn't I, baby? Wasn't I? Dumpling has, in its paws, a teacup that is sipping very politely at. <laughs> There's tea for all of you if you'd like it. Oh, thank you. Linda's gonna, like, hand the pulse rifle off to the archivists who usually come to collect these things. And then... The janitor. Yeah, the janitor. <laughs> yeah. Um, who's so tired of the pile of sword, he's trying to sweep it into a dustbin. <laughs> uh, it's just a fucking disaster. Magnolia surreptitiously gives one of the swords to Zen. They had, <gasps> they had concealed it when the janitor was cleaning up. <laughs> Thank you. And Linda's going to sort of uh, collapse in a slight heap in a chair, but she is very happy that nothing disappeared this time. They brought it back. It was brought back. It's back. It's back, baby. Yay. I think Rill would also just flop down into a couch face face down. After like 10 minutes, it's like, are they breathing? Mm, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I think Zen was pretty close to her scatter limit, too. And so I think, like, she's kind of quiet, kind of introspective. I think she was given a lot to chew on there, especially on their arrival in that world. But also, I think, like, <laughs> I think, like, as she scattered more and more, like, this sort of selfish aspect of her sort of came to the forefront, which does explain why when they were almost ready to to make the trade she was suddenly like you know what no <laughs> now we need to set up a new encounter with zen yeah. <laughs> we have to redirect zen ah. okay. she's kind of realizing now as she comes back to herself that like they kind of got lucky and that could have been really bad if she had not like basically she could have tanked it and so she's uh coming she's Letting herself process that. Linda's going to give the seat next to her a little pat for Zen. She's still coming back to herself, but she can see that Zen could probably use a little food and drink and some normalcy and a little fun right now while she's processing. So since Magnolia has has set them up a beautiful spread. <laughs> you know, Zen, I was worried about you. I'm glad you're okay. Thanks. I, I wasn't worried for a second. I... I'm good. We've, we've dealt with way worse. My home isn't really a place for warriors anymore, but you did great. I was worried for nothing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I don't know. There were a lot of people there who, with the, the horrors and everything, it seems like seems like there are still warriors doing what warriors do. Yeah. 
They just don't fight each other anymore. Well, it's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, you're right. Yeah. Here, let me pour you some tea. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Takes a teacup in her very large lizard hands. Drinks it, like, with her her, her tongue, like, pokes out of her mouth and she drinks it like that. Dumpling has a maid apron on now somehow and (laughs) a serving tray on their back, like, at the end of last time. But instead of, like, alcohol, it's tea and, like, biscuits and stuff. Oh, you're a wonderful baby! Thank you for the biscuits! (laughs) Dumpling is is the glue holding us all together. <laughs> and I feel like I feel like they're probably sitting in there in the book drop, drinking their tea and eating their biscuits until like eventually the next group of archivists comes in. Yeah. Like, get the get the hell out of here. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're yeah. going out on a job. <laughs> and we're having a tea party. Eventually someone is like Magnolia, and Magnolia's like, bah! <laughs> <laughs> All right, we did it. But we did it. Yeah, we did it. Wonderful job, everyone. Thank you. You were a wonderful Wonderful job, Kat. Yeah, you're a wonderful GM. Yes. Aw, I believe it's memory time. That's what we call it on Sword of Symphonies. Oh, shoot. Okay. At the end of every session, we share something that we found memorable that happened during the session. It's called memory time, and it's very important. I am totally on board for this. My favorite memory was Zen doing the sword dance. Because it did remind me of a cool scene from Three Kingdoms. And (laughs) also just, it was a really rad way of doing this encounter. I adored it. (laughs) Yeah, I liked how excited you got when when you said, Are you rolling melee weapons (laughs) non-violently? I was just so thrilled. Probably my most memorable part is when we were fighting the turret and Zen was casting like support backup spells and, and mm. Rill was like completely destroying everything. It was like Freaky Friday, but in like the best way possible. I don't know, like I really enjoyed that this, uh, this system let everyone show a different side of their gameplay. I'll hold the rest until later. <laughs> yeah, I think similarly, I, I mean, not a specific memory, just like I like seeing how everyone put this their spell pieces together Mm. i liked ziva doing the sun showers and and zen doing the sunlight armor and also bonus points bonus shout out to rowan for dropping rocks which isn't a spell piece but uh (laughs) thanks you you helped us a lot (laughs) i think uh i think my memory is when real just like ran out of the the hotel and like sprinted off without telling anyone and then just the comes back panting and out of breath and everyone's just like are you uh are you, you good are you okay real they stayed at a hotel and then they confronted a judge yeah. at the end <laughs> that reminds me but like i don't know where the meta of the eternity archives is going but i'm thrilled to find out but if there is danger in the eternity archives and the party the library or they are threatened Normal human magnolia is a dragon the size of a giraffe. With, <laughs> oh shit! With, with pearly white scales and a pink mane. Oh, she sounds so beautiful. Yeah. All of the all the dragons in Amilta are shapeshifters. They're not usually hostile to humanity, but they're extremely curious and they can get into trouble. Well, so if somebody threatens her lizard love Zen, she will. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> not I guess Zen and well. Linda still do not know Magnolia's secret. Yeah. yeah. And Rill said they would not tell anyone, so. We'll, yeah. we'll let Magnolia bring it up. I guess colloquially, Rill would be a dragon, right? Yes. In the slang kind of word. Yeah. Not because, literally a dragon. Uh, but. Dragons are agender and asexual in a milta. So in a milta, dragon is a slang for an agender or gender non-conforming person. Yes. That's like the coolest possible slang. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. In a milta, yeah, Rill's a dragon. Hell yeah. Sick. And Zen is not. <laughs> <laughs> it really was like Freaky Friday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before we get too deep into the thoughts, I am curious, what were people's signature spell pieces? Please tell me. Oh, yeah. yeah. I wanted to use, I was trying to get through the key pieces near the end there, but I was like, oh, I had guilt and kindness left. And I, unfortunately, I had like kind of played myself into a corner where Rill wasn't speaking much. So it was like, okay, well, I don't really know what else I could do here. And also I don't, I only had one scatter left before I went unconscious. So I unfortunately could not use the rest of my key pieces to use my signature but I can go first, oh, or you guys can go when first. When you finish your key, you get a scatter refresh. Oh, well. Well, it's hard in a one shot. Anyway, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Mine were Encompassing Void. Ooh. Ooh. That's dope. Yeah, I was trying to go kind of, you know, once more, kind of like that introspective, kind of abstract, kind of mental health, kind of character related where it's kind of like a metaphor for possibly depression or it could just be how they can occasionally sort of just like get stuck in their own head kind of like what what happened near the end of the game there with when they were very close to maxing out their scatter so that's kind of what i picked for my I signature spell pieces that's yeah. gorgeous <laughs> Uh, my signature spell piece was Draconic Assault. Hell yeah! Yeah. That kicks ass! Yeah, because I wanted Zen to have, like, some connection to that, like, reptilian heritage. Mm. Even though she was human in Amelta. And, you know, not knowing about, like, you know, we didn't know going in the, like, that we were going to have a, a dragon child friend <laughs> hanging out with us. But yeah, I didn't really have a, I guess, very clear image of what that would end up looking like. But I think if I had had a chance to use it, I guess, like, Zen has dragon friends now. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, dragon spirits coming to her aid that's extremely good and cool mine were um supportive light um and Aww. i went with that because i feel like that's like very linda like i describe her as as beaming and and like lighthearted a lot and of course support is really important and it's linked to a lot of the keys that i used for her like helpfulness and friendship and connection and so yeah so i i that's what i was thinking of is like if linda could like shoot laser beams out of her face there would be a supportive light <laughs> So that's what I went with. That would have been incredibly thematic for like the rest yeah, of the Yeah, it would have been. That would have been wonderful. I feel like I'm trying to like keep my like discussion on the DL, but <laughs> um but I feel like we we developed so many cool themes during this one shot and as usual this is not a surprise. I want to play more of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm glad. This has been really you you made so many interesting choices. I cannot list all the interesting choices you all made today. This has been one of my favorite things about GMing this game is just watching what players come up with. It's genuinely fun. The GM is kind of a spectator and kind of a demon that you bargain with. But <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best way for a GM to be. Yeah. Yeah. I got to see all kinds of interesting choices today. It was wonderful. 
can we go ahead and break into discussion? Bappy, I know you wanted to yeah. go first. I mean, you sound like you're raring to go, so go take go 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 for the wheel. Okay. That's not a you that's not go a, for the I'm wheel. Gonna start. <laughs> go I for the wheel. I won't take over. But I was gonna say I freaking love this magic system. Oh. I have very strong feelings about magic. She's never said that before. Yeah, no, I always <laughs> hate the magic system. Always. Um, and this one is very cool, both because it's grounded in the character and grounded in the universe, which I think are both really important for how you've written your universe and your game. But also there's so much room for creativity and flexibility, but in a way that still feels like I said, grounded. So like it matters where you are, it matters who your character is, but there's there's lots of stuff you can do with it. I don't know, like combining the stuff to like solve a puzzle basically of how you're going to use that to meet a goal or perform a certain action is just really cool. And I have, I don't think I've ever met a magic system that I felt like was actually like a good fit for the game yet. And this one, I'm like, cool, more of it. I wish that oh, that more games used spell pieces. I, I get on it, get on it, big games, <laughs> put spell pieces yeah. in and then pay cat at all. Yes, please. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, I think, for example, like we all used sunlight, but in very different ways. And I think in a system like that, like in a system like this, you're only really limited by like what you can imagine. Like two people can have, you know, we all had the same pool of spell pieces to mix with our own individual spell pieces. And it's just like, you're never going to cast the same spell twice. Or That's my favorite thing. Yeah, and I just thought that's that's so cool. It's so unique. Ah, no, 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 go, 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 go. I was just gonna say, I just really, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> My track is just gonna be going ah, ah, guys, ah. <laughs> that's just gonna be that's gonna be me. But it's uh. One of my favorite things about watching people play this game is watching what they think to do with spell pieces, because everybody uses them differently. Everyone describes spells differently and approaches problems differently. And it's beautiful every time. I never get tired of it. Yeah, for me, I don't know. There's a lot. I like pretty much all the mechanics that we had that we ran into. Um, uh, everyone already gushed about the, the spell pieces. Spell pieces were sick. Uh, I just like looking at the words and trying to figure out like, I was uh, at the end there, I have darkness as one of them. And one of the other words was dark. And I'm like, what could I do with darkness dark? <laughs> I would have been, been thrilled if you had cast darkness dark. I would have... Like, a little peek into my brain there, but I was afraid the Baron was going to, like, try to swindle us. Like, when we did the trade-off, like, he would pull back and keep the pulse rifle and steal the sword. And so, at the end there, I was trying to, like, oh, what can I do to try to, like, steal the gun um, if I needed to? So, that was, like, one of the things I was, like, trying to piece together in my head to be like, you know, what can I do with with this stuff, with these pieces that I have, which um, is an exercise in creativity and, and also just... I don't know, like, it's very, very cool. And on top of that, I really liked the advantage pool. I like that a lot. One of my gripes with, like, game design is, and I talk about this all the time, so I might be repeating myself, but TLDR is that, like, I am of the philosophy a lot of games will rely on, like, HP or mana to quantify their game progress even if it's not necessarily what makes the most sense for their game. Mm. You know, we have HP in this. Like, I got hit for a couple HP, but it's not like... It's just a different kind of tracker and not the main tracker. The main tracker is the, like, the redirect, the destroy, and the outlast, which I really liked because I it just makes the most sense. Like, it's not about, you know, you don't want to fight these noble demons necessarily or fighting this turret even, like... 
it, we, we probably could have tried to run away from it or something like that. Yeah, Outlast was a valid option. Uh, redirect wasn't because it's mindless, but Outlast was an option in that fight, yes. Yeah, and so it, it, it was really cool because it's like, you know, in other games, it's usually like, you know, you persuade this person, you make one role and they are or they aren't persuaded. Whereas with this, you know, the last guy, they're the Baron. We had to do a bunch of different things to try to persuade him and he was doing his own things in the meantime and so that just yeah yeah and so you know kind of you know way at the start you know we talked about how a lot of games are designed around the idea of combat even if there are other ways to play like you know D, for instance uh it, a lot of it is combat based and grid blah, blah 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 all that stuff and so a lot of the focus is quantifying gameplay through hp and and fighting stuff and you know but for this it takes another focus on it which which i guess like it, it is that more like more wholesome focus where you have other ways to resolve problems and also it's just nice to not necessarily be like yes i do three damage or whatever and it's like in a way yeah i guess you know that's what we're technically doing we're like i mean in the end all games are is a number tracker and you put a pretty skin on it but like this it's a psychology (laughs) right it's a psychology of of game design and the way you word things and so i think design wise i think uh cat did a lovely job of making and writing copy for this game that makes it feel new and interesting and like satisfying to be able to roll you know into the advantage pool and and use kind of like a strategy of of your own successes or what you're gonna roll and and pulling from the advantage pool and i could be biased because i fucking rolled like a baller that game maybe if (laughs) i rolled shittier i wouldn't I, i wouldn't have liked it but at least from this experience, I, I enjoyed it a lot because I, I like I like it when people quantify game systems and game progresses in ways that aren't just HP dropping to zero because that's just boring and kind of lazy if it's just you're just doing that because that's what every other game does. And also just I like, you know, everything about it, about the advantage pool of using stats and skills and or natures and skills and um, sharing a pool with everyone, I think was very lovely and cute. Mm. Yeah, Yeah. I think a big strength of this system is just that I always felt like I had options. Mm -hmm. Like, I only have, you know, everyone only has a few different spell pieces, but there are just so many ways to combine them that they don't feel limiting in any way. And even when you decide on, like, what kind of spell to cast, you can decide whether, like, you want to cast it for a lot of scatter and a big impact or a slightly smaller impact for a safer spell and just the way this last encounter was structured as the structured the same as a combat encounter basically it made it feel like the stakes were high and we just had so many more options than just like run up and hit it yeah and it's the whole every step of the way like almost every role we make we're bargaining with Kat for like what exactly is going to happen here how much are we progressing and how and then we just get to add our own flavor to it and just really create something unique I really enjoyed um the the puzzle solving aspect to it and it really did genuinely feel challenging and creative in ways I wasn't expecting like I was like really racking my brain about what to do to convince this guy um, to give up the rifle um, which is very unexpected because a lot of times um, and I've run into this as a GM before where your option is like a puzzle like 
a straight up puzzle or combat encounters. And it's like, but I like both and I want to have some puzzling and creative aspects to it. Um, and right. so the, the way that, and this, this might just be the way you GM, but I'm giving you credit for both aspects since you're responsible for both aspects. <laughs> Aww. is is that that it it is it is challenging and and creative and and makes you think about it in a really different way but in a way that again is quantifying different problem solving and i also feel like it's a really good um like muscle to flex as a role player which is that there's stuff other than just like i rolled a d6 I did this much damage. Okay, I hit it with my sword and that does that much yeah. damage. And he's like, ow, stop it. Just because I know that we've talked about this before that it's really easy to fall into that trap. And and this was like a really good exercise as a role player, like describing like everything and using it to make quantifiable progress even when that progress wasn't chipping away at HP was, um, was just really cool. I don't know. I really enjoyed it. It was a really yeah. um, fun game and a challenging game in ways I didn't expect. I could feel you guys really like pushing yourselves creatively. Like I could feel you guys really like stretching this, and it was wonderful to watch. You all did yeah. amazingly. Oh, thank you. Thanks. Like, um, yeah. I will say the the combat system in particular, or the encounter system. I'm gonna say because it doesn't have to be combat. I think like it's most similar to uh, I've been playing a lot of Wild Sea lately and there are oh. some like echoes there are some echoes of like this sort of encounter system in Wild Sea Ooh. and that's just another like really good and beautiful game that I'm really excited about but so I guess just lately I've just had all this experience with these non-traditional combat encounter games and I'm just so excited to play every game out there and just see how it <laughs> compares and yeah i'm really i'm really starting to get a feel for because you know going into this i'm just like i just want to play every game and now i'm starting to really get a feel for like what specifically i really enjoy in a game so this is it's been a it's been a journey yeah absolutely i'm so glad that you had a good time i really am this has been a wonderful experience you all did such a great job yeah thank did you, you enjoy you meeting gaius and atosa and augustine that was so good. Yeah, that was I a thought really... I would be self-indulgent. No, that was like a perfect oh, no, way to was... set the tone. Yeah. yeah. And it was also just very cool. <laughs> yeah, it was just... we We've said the word beautiful so much <laughs> in <laughs> reference to this game and your GMing, but like that's really just... There's no better word to describe it. Yeah, yeah you've pulled Aww. together a really beautiful game and you're inspiring me to want to pick up my various bits of writing and designing projects. I'm deeply, deeply touched. And also, please do and share them with me. I want to see. <laughs> mm. I'm just going to constantly ping you on the Discord. Hey, Kat, look at this. Do hey, it. Hey, Kat, look at this. Ping me shamelessly. <laughs> I feel we forged like a bond I could... today in the fires of role-playing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I could 100% just like ping Kat at any time and be like, hey, look at this thing that I'm working on. You can and must. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any questions for us? Like, yeah. pick our brains. Is there um, anything like you wanted to know from our point of view? Yeah. Is there? I don't um, know. I don't know. <laughs> I hope I did the library parts justice. I don't know a lot about library lore because the lore is mysterious. It doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah. It's mysterious. <laughs> no, you did great. <laughs> yeah, no, you did great. I think my favorite thing that you added was just Magnolia hanging out on the 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 roof <laughs> question mark question mark on the other side of the ceiling yes, yes. <laughs> it's just this sort of weird eldritch 
Escher like impossible space. construct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's see. I'm gonna uh, go ahead. Just kind of put in the Discord here the stat line for the Baron in the gallery. Any move marked hostile was not on the table until somebody tried to advance destroy. So I guess that's a I guess that's a question I have for you is um, what sort of like preparation goes into these encounters? I usually have to write out um, an encounter has three parts. It has a list of difficulties for destroy, redirect, and outlast. It has some special rules usually. For example, the turret usually acts before the party because the turret usually gets the jump on people. I promised you guys I wouldn't. <laughs> And then it has a list of moves and it has a certain number of moves per round and it can just choose freely from the list unless the rules say otherwise. So the Baron in the gallery has three attacks per round. Normally I balance an encounter for one attack per round per player in the party. Difficulty to destroy was eight. Difficulty to redirect was four. And the difficulty to outlast was three. The Baron didn't really care enough to pursue you. You could have just left. Yeah, because yeah, I guess uh, I guess this would be a game where it is more difficult to... I guess, come up with an encounter on the fly. Yeah, I've, even as the person who knows this game the best, I've never improvised an encounter. One thing that I want to get online, hopefully to coincide with the release of these episodes, I'm going to have an up-to-date version of the rules available on the website, because I would like people who listen to this to be able to get the rules as they stand. And one thing I'd really like to work on is more character building resources so that GMs, not character building, um, encounter building resources, so that GMs can confidently make encounters that fit their campaign instead of having to pick from the stock ones that I've put in there. Although I have put stock ones in there. Cross cool. promotion, baby. Baby. <laughs> baby. <laughs> baby. So I, I'm wondering, would we have been able to steal the rifle from him and then just run? <laughs> Honestly, I would have been on the back foot if you had tried. I would have, <laughs> I would have swung. I would have swung something, but he definitely would have twigged you as hostile. So things yes. would have gone dark. Yeah, that probably. Well, yeah, I could have time. just used darkness. Dark. <laughs> um, <laughs> ran away. Dark darkness. Uh, fire rifle deals five damage to a single player. Yeah, <laughs> he can just take off half your health once he learns how to use that thing. Yikes. Um, yeah, that would have uh, been bad. Enshrine. The, party, Damn it. the Baron chooses a party member to encase in glass. Oh. Yeah, I think if if I had gotten closer with the assist pool being uh, a little bit more used up, and then I just played like a super aggro Rill who just would cast like Dark Darkness, run in, take the gun, and then just like leave. What <laughs> are you like, talking about? Out. I'm Zen. Fuck you. <laughs> 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 that would have like I, I mean I would have I would have sw- I would have rolled with it because that rules and that's the thing <laughs> that's very much what this game is built around is that you need to rule with things that are awesome <laughs> yeah <laughs> like because that's the point of role playing is to be awesome yes yes Kat what's the uh, what's the best spell you've ever seen someone cast oh heck I mean the worst is the time that Kirsten cast flying shark. <laughs> that sounds amazing. What are you talking about? <laughs> Just silenced as cats. Like no, <laughs> no, it was terrible. I don't know why I allowed it. But um... well, Papi and I have uh, wanted to do that for a very long time. <laughs> Just a it's quick the... story is a uh, uh, Dorka's partner 
DM'd for us in 5e once, and it was like the first time I was playing 5e D&D, at least. I think and it I, was the first time any of us played 5e. It oh, was like right after 5e came out. Yeah. Was it? Oh, shoot. Yeah, and I was a druid. What were you? I don't remember. I was a cleric. A cleric. And I wanted to turn into the land shark monster in D&D, which I can't remember its name right now. Boulette. A bullet, yes, 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 yes. And then we were like, okay, because we had a warlock in our party, I think. I can't remember. There's someone who were like, okay, what if we casted some kind of air spell to propel, propel me up into the air yeah, as yes, a bullet? <laughs> anyway, Dorka's partner said no, so. <laughs> the- he said you couldn't turn into a bullet. Oh, yeah, that's it's right. Not a, it's not a beast. Yeah, that's right. It's It would be. Yeah. I was I was trying to wrangle with it, but yeah, no. I, the, it, it is rules as written, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Last game of Sword of Symphonies, the party actually put all their hands together like a bunch of anime assholes and cast the giant cord, true searing flame arrow. Oh, and, my, God. oh my God. Oh my God. It was extremely anime, and I was I had no choice but to allow it to win the encounter. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's just like a Digimon scene. <laughs> <laughs> It was extremely good. There was also a really great one at the end of Swords of the Wastes. And I forget what the words were, but Cobb, like, summoned the spirits of his fallen crew. And the Crusaders summoned their fallen allies. And there are the, all these ghosts everywhere. It was extremely, extremely good. That sounds so, so cool. So cool. A ghost NATO, you're yeah. saying. <laughs> and then, like, the episode goes live. And, of course, Kathleen has knocked it out of the park because she kicks ass. And it's just, <laughs> it's very beautiful. Swords of the Waste was fun arc. That- yeah. So those are some of my favorite spells that have happened. But I'm excited for future spells, and I'm excited for the spells you cast today. Sunlight Armor was beautiful. Green Knife, especially <laughs> as a finisher, beautiful. Loved it. I also just liked the the sort of thematic touch there of, like, that kind of goes with the whole heroic chord system in general of just, like, nature kind of overtaking, like, technology and yeah. humanity. Yeah. I don't know. I, I was thinking about that at the time. That's, Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's beautiful that it happened, and it's beautiful that it's thematic like that, and it was great. Green Knife kicked yeah. ass. <laughs> I didn't get to introduce you to the like the creatures that I consider like the mascots of the game, which is a shame. But uh, on the Velt, the reason it's called the Goat Home Velt is because Whisper Goats live there. Aww. And there are these goats, and their wool muffles all sound, so they're completely silent, and everything around them is completely silent, and they're little jerks. I love them. I yeah, I would I would own one. Yeah. Uh, that's oh, also a normal response for players is to try to adopt one. In the like the character creation section, one of the things that we didn't really touch on was choose a lesson for your character to learn. Oh yeah. And we didn't really touch on that because like this is a short game and there wasn't like a lot of time for each character to like go through an arc. But I did have one for Zen anyway. And it actually kind of worked out, which was there are some problems you can't solve with a sword. <laughs> yeah. I guess we did solve this problem with a sword. Though, so. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that reminds me, I do have a question for all of you. Yeah. Go for it. What is the most interesting advancement mechanic you've ever seen? You've all played a lot of games by this time. You don't usually interact with advancement mechanics because you like to play one shots. But what are your thoughts on advancement <laughs> mechanics? Because I'm kind of up in the air about heroic chords right now, and I'd love to hear some options. Mm, that's a really good question. Huh. I yeah. am definitely more of a fan of the 
season style versus the leveling style. And Mm -hmm. if it's leveling, I definitely prefer milestone leveling versus um, Mm. like, like, you know, random encounter HP or XP. Um, Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely more like on 13th age versus D&D in terms of like traditional, traditional leveling up. I like it when rewards are given for meaningful progress, not just from playing a lot. But that's like my, that's like the end of my feelings about it. I don't actually have strong feelings about advancement, which is amazing because I have strong feelings about literally everything else on the planet. <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's the kind of thing that's invisible until you start actually looking for it. Yeah. I like a game like Dungeons and Dragons where you kind of, it's kind of like they keep you on the wheel with like level ups and like new stuff every level. I don't necessarily think that's necessary. I don't think you should have to like, level up every session i don't think you need cool new skills constantly mm-hmm. so i guess i'm kind of a i'm kind of an advancement minimalist i do think occasionally eventually there does need to be something like some sort of tangible reward especially if you're going through like you're doing cool stuff and advance growing your character so i'm going to talk about wild sea again for just a second <laughs> please in yeah in that one they have like a milestone system where like every session you can basically have a minor milestone for like something cool you did during the session and over like the course of an arc you can have like a major milestone and basically what happens there is you can just combine milestones over time to either like increase certain skills or um, Mm. aspects of your character or like combine them into like use them to to progress a project like make a new signature item for yourself or a new like skill or technique that's unique to you and i think that's pretty cool that's kind of like a heroic achievements in glitter hearts okay i like okay yeah, I personally, I mean, I haven't had too much experience with advancement just because I don't get to play a, long, a lot of long form games. Most is through D&D and in some Monster of the Week, but I was mostly GMing for the games that I do with that. I think, so from like a more broad game design aspect, advancements in video games are there to, like Dorka said, to kind of keep you wanting to play to get power-ups and stuff like that. But, I mean, that's slightly different in, like, you know, tabletop games, right? Because you're not necessarily wanting to play to keep playing to get power-ups. Like, power-ups and having new things is very cool, of course. But usually you're playing because you want to see what happens in the story or spend time with your friends. So... In a way, I I do kind of kind of agree with what Dorka is saying is that like you don't necessarily need like every session you level up and and get cool new stuff or whatever. But I guess I don't know. It's like you have to you kind of have to balance it right between like having cool new stuff you can give your players, but also not overdoing it where like that's kind of the only substance to the game. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, like, I, well, I guess in Heroic Core, you have, like, the season skills, right? Is there yeah. any other kind of advancement well, type thing? The way advancement works right now is every character gets an arc that's focused on them and their lesson. And mm-hmm. then once everybody has gone through, there's a season finale arc. And then everybody moves on to season two. And they take mm-hmm. season two abilities. Mm-hmm. So, which I, I mean, I feel like I can do better. I feel like, like it works. But I've got this feeling 
I've got this itch <laughs> to, to futz with it. But you've given yeah, me I, a lot to think about, everybody. Yeah, I like the groundwork that you have for that for the seasons because mm-hmm. um, I think that's I, I think that's really cool. I think it works like because you said you were pacing it like a TV show, and I think that works really well. And I think the built-in sort of system of like everyone gets a, a character arc is a really fun idea. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I was jumping the gun because I'm too used to it. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's bad to have like new to- like everyone likes new toys. Like yeah. if there is a way to kind of find a way to sprinkle new toys throughout the game, that might be cool. But I think I can't remember who said Dorka or Ziva. You know, it doesn't necessarily have to be like baked into the game system. It could just be like as you play this campaign and as a GM, you're like, OK, I give you a cool new toy because it makes sense. I mean, I think that's fine, too. Yeah. Um yeah, I think I think advancement is always best if it's meaningful. Yeah. Like if you're gaining new skills and leveling up and the only reason is because you've just been doing this long enough to level up, that's not as like meaningful to me as like learning a lesson and growing your character and increasing in power because of that growth. So, okay, I will say I I kind of disagree with that because I think it depends on what kind of game you're playing. Like if I'm playing like a very RPG gamey type game like Dungeons and Dragons, I better fucking get some level ups because I want more spell slots. I want better spells. I want increased Yeah, HP. I guess that's true. Yeah. And like Lancer, it wouldn't, that wouldn't really work. Oh yeah, there. no, please give me XP in Lancer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I want my so, robot to be cooler. So it de- like it depends on the game in my opinion, like Heroic Horde or Monster of the Week. I'm like, yeah, I'm fine with just having my base kit. You know, that's fine with me because it's not the same. It's not like, you know, a JRPG with lots and lots of numbers and, and very video gamey. It's it's meant to be more role play focused. Yeah. yeah. I felt plenty powerful as a level one character here. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I'm really glad. <laughs> I'm so glad you all had fun and enjoyed not only my game, but my story. Yeah. Yes. Thank you it was, so it was much. wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much yeah. for joining us. I, I really, really enjoyed it. This is a very different system than a lot of the stuff we've played so far. And um, I will always hold this magic system in my heart forever and ever. Oh, that's that's good because I had listened to the episode where you said you never met a magic system that you got along with. And I remember clenching my whittle fists and being like, I'll show you, Ziva. I'll show you a good magic system. And I was I, I remember very badly wanting to, to show you this. Well, you so did. I'm so glad that you enjoyed it. You've won, Kat. Yeah, I you, you, you solved I it. I win Eternity Archives. <laughs> oh, speaking of winning the Eternity Archives. So the Eternity Archives did a giveaway for stickers of the beautiful children and pretty dice, beautiful dice that look like the logo. And I didn't win the giveaway. And that was a bummer because I tried. But um, for my birthday, I got sent the stickers of the beautiful children. And then for my birthday from a different friend, they saw that I wanted these dice and bought them for me. Aww, so I so who really wins? I still win. I'm the super fan. <laughs> I, I genuinely, I, uh, I love this show. Part of the reason that I was so excited to do this is because I really wanted to envision the combination of my mechanics and your characters. And Aww. it has wildly <laughs> exceeded my expectations. This was a blast. Oh, I'm so glad. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, I had a great time. And it, it, it's always awesome to have 
people. You know, that's the human connection, right? You, yeah. you, you. This is your brain, baby, and you shared it with us. And there's always a little bit of vulnerability when you're sharing your work with other people. So, yeah, uh, yeah thank you. I think this is like what our network is all about, and Ooh. I just feel so special to like be able to play a game with you know one of our network siblings. Yeah, yeah. like Alien. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll circle back on that one. We'll do a we'll do <laughs> we'll do like a horrifying holiday special. Alien, that might be fun. I, I would yeah, I come would back. Love, I would love to play Alien. Come back for our twenty-part Invisible Sun series, where ten of those episodes is us figuring out the rules. <laughs> oh well, Cat, didn't you say you've played Invisible Sun? Yes. Yeah, um, and they said and my- they didn't understand the rules either. <laughs> yeah, me and my friends, me and my friends didn't um, are doing. I guess um, it's on a quarantine hiatus because we all recorded in person but uh we were part like the first podcast i ever did was an actual play of invisible sun called truth hidden among hearts where i play all of you that's only rachel a pigeon lady who lives in a giant mailbox and loves to make friends <laughs> and those friends are demons and i understand the world of invisible sun which is to say nonsense which i'm very yeah. fluent in but the mechanics, bleh, I had to make Adam explain those to me literally every episode. So. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm just like, the world is so cool and dope. What? I don't understand the rules. What? I know there's <laughs> dice. You roll the dice and you add numbers, much like any other game. But <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Right, so does, does anyone have anything else to say about Heroic Chord? Or should I tease our next game? Uh, just Tarot Court is dope. Yeah, Cat is dope. It. Listen fun. to Sword of Symphonies. I think it's time for me to do plugs, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. ahead. You can find Heroic Court at swordofsymphonies.com or peachgardengames.com. They point to the same place. Don't worry about it. You can listen to more Heroic Court on our podcast on the network, Sword of Symphonies. And you can find me on Twitter at CatlingGun. That's C-A-T-L-I-N-G gun. Pew, pew, like a pulse rifle. It doesn't belong in here. <laughs> but yeah, thank you so much, Kat, for uh, coming along on this ride with us. Or I guess leading us on this ride. I had a blast. This has been a great day. <laughs> yeah, Heroic Horde is just such a like wonderful and wholesome and introspective game. Um, our next arc is also very introspective and character driven but in a very different way our next game is called dungeon bitches it's a newer game it's been recently kickstarted and that is also about like introspection and knowing yourself and knowing your character but in a much more trauma-based and specifically queer focused trauma-based way So that's going to probably be a very heavy arc. We are running it GM-less, which should be interesting. Be prepared for some content warnings on that one, but also for some like really deep dives into characters and stuff. There's going to be some backstory coming out to play next arc. (laughs) Next time on the Eternity Eyes. Jesus Christ. (laughs) <laughs> never mind it's okay we're done we've been recording like seven hours let's let's wrap it up all right <laughs> yeah yeah we did it thank you cat thank you <laughs> listeners and we'll see yeah, you all see next, you time. next time yep bye thanks guys bye. bye the eternity archives is hosted produced and edited by dorka bappy and ziva Find us on Twitter at at the archives pod or online at the eternityarchives.com. 
Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. This chapter was sponsored by Martha Miller, and editing assistance for this episode was provided by Nikki from Beholder to No One. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash Archives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.